0: Uh, You know, one of the things I'm noticing about your gathering this weekend is that you have children of all ages here. This is just incredible. The stretch and expanse of the lifeline before me is fun to see from the youngest newborns to the ones who are leaving high school and beyond. It's delightful to see them. And Jesus said, let the children come to me and do not stop them. For it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. And I believe what Jesus was conveying is that if you want to enter the kingdom of God, you have got to be around children. There's just no way around that. And if there aren't children in your life, then you better find one. Because it's where they are that God lives. So to see all of your children up here praising God with so much joy is delightful for me. Um, I'm just going to start with a... I'm turning cartwheels because 10 days ago, I became a grandpa. Congratulations. This is Adele. Yeah, really. You should be louder than that, really. I mean, this is our, this is our first grandchild. This is a really, really big deal. And, and, you know, when I think about what's going on here this weekend, I can't help but think of her because I'm in a completely different place in life than I was when my first child was born. There's something so different going on and I can't wait to share with her what the grace of God is really like and really all about. I have promised all of my children that I am going to be just embarrassing in my spoiling (laughs) because grandparents get to be all about grace. I've always wanted to share A curriculum which I've never done with parents and grandparents in the same room. And it's about law and gospel because they need both. And the parents can provide the fence around the play area. That's the law, right? That the rules, I know where I'm safe within. And then the grandparents get to be all about grace. And in that, they learn something of the fullness of who God is. So I take delight. I didn't say take it down, Joe. Do I have to turn another cartwheel to get the picture back up on the screen? You can just leave her there. She'll be there for the duration of the weekend, and you can stop, you can glance, you can pause, whatever you need to do. Um, In my first year at seminary, I was right out of college, and I got there in the fall. Lisa and I got married in the summer in between. And I remember thinking that I wasn't exactly sure why I was going there. I just knew I was. There was a lot to still unfold before me. And for our scripture verse lesson for tonight, keep this scripture verse in your head. From the 13th chapter of Hebrews, verse 1. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for in doing so, some have entertained angels without knowing it. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for in doing so, some have entertained angels without knowing it. So I started into the year at the seminary in the fall. I had been there about a month, and I was pretty sure I had come to the wrong place. I was incredibly uncertain about the journey. I was sure that I didn't belong. I didn't really introduce myself to anybody. I was hiding in my own fear. I was completely alone in the journey. And about a month into it, I was pretty sure I wanted to quit. I hadn't even told Lisa yet. Everybody in my family was sort of out telling the world, Paul's going to seminary and he's going to be a pastor. And I had some things I was putting out before them that I could no longer live up to. And along the way in the second month, I was given an opportunity to sit down with a pastor, a Lutheran pastor from Fridley named Gene Heglin. And it was part of the process that they called matriculation. They checked in with us in the first year just to make sure things were going okay. And so I went into his office at his church and we sat down together and we had a little interview process and I shared with him some of my struggles, my fears. I had no idea what I was doing there. And into that conversation, Gene Heglin said this. I thought he'd fall over in his chair to hear such a word. He wasn't phased at all. He said, I need you to do two things. I think you should probably stay for the year. Give it a year, stay in school, which was a really good recommendation. I had nothing else to do with my life at that point. It was November. What was I going to do? The second thing he said, you need to tell somebody. You need to tell somebody. Tell another student. Tell a professor. Tell a friend. Tell somebody that what you're experiencing. So I went back to school, and the next day, I remember I was sitting in the religious education class, and I was looking around the room picking out my victim. And sure enough, I got out onto the sidewalk, walking to the library on the other side of campus, and I ended up right alongside Jeff. I didn't know Jeff. I hadn't met him. I introduced myself. I said hello. We got to talking. I don't even know what we talked about. Just banter back and forth as we were making our way toward the library. And we were just outside the library doors, and I knew we were going to part company. So I thought this is my chance. So I dropped it on Jeff. And I said, you know, I have no idea what I'm doing here. I'm pretty sure I don't belong, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to quit. And without hesitation, Jeff turned and looked at me and said, you and me both. (laughs) I was like, "Ah." like the weight of the world came off my shoulders. And I started sharing that from one to the next. And I realized the providential blessing of God's angels Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for in doing so, some have entertained angels without knowing that Jeff, this stranger in my life, up to that moment, became a very fast friend, and now I had one in my community to bear me up. Fast forward, 1993, 94, someone in there, Lisa and I lived in our home in Minnetonka for about three years, and... We were out for a walk one day, and we knew we had some new neighbors across the street, kind of across and up to the right. And as was customary in the neighborhood, if you're doing your good work of hospitality to strangers, right, you're going to go up and meet the new neighbors. So we went walking up the long driveway, and we saw the the mother of the house at the end of the driveway, and we paused. We got there. We went up. We introduced ourselves. And she looked at me, and she said, aren't you my pastor, right? Well, when, when, when you're in the clergy family, you're not exactly always sure you want your parishioners as next-door neighbors, <laughs> right? If you've come a clergy family, you understand this because you're thinking about, well, geez, now how do I have to behave living right across the street from the parishioners? Are they going to be watching every move we make? And I said, uh, no, I'm Roman Catholic. No, <laughs> I didn't. I said, well, very perhaps I am. She was a brand new member of the congregation I was serving in Excelsior at Mount Calvary Lutheran. Her name is Joan Powell. She's a teacher in Wyzetta. Her husband's name is Andy. He's a teacher and a coach now at Chanhassen High School. Andy and Joan Powell have three sons. And we grew up together. We raised our children together. Their sons, our sons, our four children, their four children. We have raised our families together. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. For in doing so, some have entertained angels without knowing it. All along the way in our lives... God provides the messengers, and God provides you as messengers to others, and you may not even know when you are. I'd like you to get into your small groups, and if you could pull up the questions for me. Oh, do you have to replace Adele if you put the questions? Can you do... Go ahead, put the questions up. I'm going to start you into conversation right away. I want you to have about 20 minutes. And it's going to be some of those providential blessings of when the angels have stepped into your life right when you needed it the most. And then we're going to come back together and go a little deeper into that conversation. So go ahead and move into your groups. All right. I suspect you're in your groups. Tell about a friend who was surprisingly cast into your life, a providential blessing on your pathway. Tell about a friend who was surprisingly cast into your life, a providential blessing. Have at it. Did most everybody get a chance to share something in the group? Most everybody. You'll get a chance. If, if you didn't get all the way around the circle, then in the next session may, or the next conversations, make sure the rest get to offer up their stories first. I'd like to draw your attention back together so I can share a bit more. God and Adam were having a conversation. And Adam asked God, why did you make Eve so beautiful? God said, Adam, that's so that you would be attracted to her. And Adam said to them, well, God, why did you make Eve so soft? And God said, well, Adam, that's so that you would love her. And Adam asked, but God, why did you make her so stupid? <laughs> oh, that's obvious, Adam. That's so that she would love you. <laughs> Do you get it, Matt? Yeah. He's still processing it up here in the front. Right. It'll take a while. He'll come up with it. Help him after the session. You can use that. It was May 14th, 1981. And I introduced this a little bit earlier. And I was a sophomore at Gustavus. And it was the week between the end of classes and finals. So the best thing to do during that time is to get out on 169 and stick out your thumb and hitchhike home. <laughs> no, it's not. I was supposed to be studying. But I was following this wayward friend who said, hey, a buddy of mine is having a party at Augsburg College tonight. So let's hitchhike home. And something in me said, okay, So I went out on Highway 169 with my friend and we stuck out our thumb. And there came another student and she recognized us with her mother. So Pete, you are not the only one who's been picked up off the side of the road when you were lost. I didn't I didn't think I was lost, but perhaps I was. And so we were picked up and brought home. This is May of 1981. And I know there's some hockey fans in the room. It was the year that the Minnesota North Stars were in the Stanley Cup finals against the New York Islanders, right? So we we hitchhiked home and I went to with him him to his house. His mother picked, we got dropped off at the Adina police station, not because we needed to be there. It was a convenient place for his mom to pick us up. And then we went back to his house and we watched the North Star game. I'm pretty sure Dino Cicerelli scored a goal that night. And yeah, we're nodding, right? So you remember this. And then for whatever reason, as college students, don't share this story with your kids. Just so you know, this is not what you, and so at 11 p.m. after the game was over, he said, well, let's head down to Augsburg. So we hadn't even started the night. So we went down to Augsburg College. Remember this part. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. For doing so, some have entertained angels without knowing it. So we got to Augsburg College, and we went into the uh, Mortensen Towers. There's the two towers on 94. You see them when you drive by all the time. Well, the taller of the two towers, we were there. We went up to the 13th floor, the top floor, to where his friend's apartment was. I didn't know anybody what was i doing there so i went in to the party and i remember i stayed about an hour and it was so i guess it was about midnight and i thought this is silly i'm going to go home and i had the car i had driven so I said, I, you know, I told my buddy I'm going to take off, I'm going to go home. And so I'm kind of weaving my way through the people and I'm about, I go out the door of the apartment and I kind of noticed there was this, this sort of you know, hubbub behind me as I left the apartment. I would walked about 30 feet down to the elevator there and I pushed the button to go down. And as I got there, I realized this hubbub behind me had something to do with me. And for whatever reason, I just kind of turned around and glanced back at the doorway of that apartment and out popped this head. And then the head popped back in. But the head noticed that I had noticed that the head had popped out. <laughs> and so, sure enough, this young woman came walking down the hallway and said, You won't believe this, but I just got dared to introduce myself to you. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for in doing so, some entertains without knowing it. I'm a polite Lutheran young man, extended my hand. I'm Paul Pedersen. She said, my name is Lisa Berg. And so she followed me onto the elevator. We went down to the lower level. I was on my way out. I didn't think a lot of it at that point. We were talking and, well, no, she was talking. <laughs> and I was listening. She just kept talking. So I didn't really know what to do because I'm polite. I'm entertaining an angel, perhaps. I, remember, I, know, I know this thing about hospitality. So I just kept listening as she was talking. And then it went on. and it kept kind of going on and on and on for a while. You know, and then I'm she's got my attention. I'm starting to be interested in this. And so after about 10 minutes, I finally said, well, should we go get an ice cream? <laughs> not knowing what else to say in that moment, what do you say? And so she said, sure. So we walked around the corner, went to Annie's Parlor. Remember Annie's Parlor down there? Yeah, okay. you nodding on heads. And, and we went to Annie's Parlor is not open at 1245. <laughs> Oops, forgot that part. Well, we went out, we continued walking. And as we're walking down the street, I'm learning some things. I said, well, where are you from? And she says, I'm from Luck, Wisconsin. And I said, where are you really from? There's a place called Luck, Wisconsin. I didn't know that at that point. And then I said, oh, well, how, what, what's your family about in Luck, Wisconsin? She says, well, my dad is the Lutheran pastor there in Luck, Wisconsin. I said, well, that's interesting because I'm thinking about becoming a Lutheran pastor. I wasn't so sure at that point, but I thought it was a pretty good line. <laughs> 31 years later, here I am, still a Lutheran pastor. We were walking down the street. We kept talking. We walked into a bar. <laughs> what, what was it called? Pilots Club. Pilots Club. bar. We, didn't, we had nowhere to go. We were just meandering about. Walked into the bar, and there was another person from my high school. Started chatting with him for a while, went back. We go around. We kind of went around in a circle, and then we ended up back at the party. <laughs> we walked back into the party, my buddy said what are you doing here? You left an hour ago. I said, I don't know. This girl followed me out of the party. (laughs) Now I'm back because I'm a hospitable guy. The conversation continued and we talked and talked and talked into the wee hours of the morning. As college students are known to do, I was just talking with Jeff Michael about having the first one go off to college and they come home and they don't want a curfew anymore. I'm pretty sure I was doing the same thing. I have no leg to stand on with my own children. (laughs) So the next day, I came down to the breakfast table, whatever hour of the morning it was, and and I never talked to my mom about these kinds of matters, but she was the only one there. I said, Mom, I met this girl last night, and I think I want to see her again. And she said, then you probably should. Mothers are good for advice. Two days later, Saturday night. This was a Thursday, now a Saturday. Saturday night. And she invites me to go out for margaritas with her mother and her two sisters. And I say, sure. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. Can you imagine me at Montanita's on Franklin Avenue? Two nights... With myself and the four of them talking a hundred miles an hour. And I'm trying to take this whole thing in. And somewhere in the middle of the conversation, her mother blurts out Linda, that's Lisa's sister, is getting married in a couple weeks. You'll have to come. <laughs> and I said, Sure. <laughs> Why not? Three days, so I went back to college. I got on a bus in Bloomington on Sunday afternoon all by myself. I mean, I, I don't mean like I didn't have anybody with me. Nobody's with me. I'm on the Greyhound from Bloomington to St. Peter, and I'm the only one right. Talk about lonely and alone and wondering what just happened. And I got back to the library at Gustavus, and all my buddies, they're already back there. And I, and I come in, and they say, hey. You know, I said, I, th- I, think I, not, I think I have a new girlfriend. <laughs> I'm like, what? So I tell them this story. Two days later, it's Tuesday, five days after we met, And I come all the way back home to Minneapolis because it's my dad's surprise 50th birthday party. Everybody we know is in my house. And Lisa comes along. Five days. Two weeks later, I'm in Luck, Wisconsin, meeting the Reverend Berg. (laughs) Sleeping at his house. At the wedding. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. All the best things in my life have happened to me, not by me. Providential blessing. I hope when you're having these conversations in the circles about people, angels, messengers that God has sent to you, you start making an action plan about how you're going to thank them, because they might not even know. When I was here six years ago at Family Fest weekend, one of the sort of threads of of conversation was about sweats. Uh, It was about our second son, AJ, and... When AJ was about three years old, and some of you new parents will identify this thing, AJ AJ didn't like anything tight on his waist. So all his clothing all needed to be loose from the very beginning of his life. And and you know the reality was it was he probably just as soon have be naked. But he had to wear something. And so there was this ongoing discussion about A.J.'s attire throughout his early life. And when he was three years old, you know, you'd go to... And we were still in that thought about going to church where you had to, you know, wear something reasonable. So mom, Lisa, was going to be a little bit crafty. And so she, she decided that she was going to outsmart A.J. So she went to this friend who was a seamstress and, and made corduroy pants with the completely elastic waist, So they were stretchy and kind of loose, but they were corduroy, So they looked a little nicer. And so we were at church one Sunday morning and AJ had on his corduroy pants. And after worship, we're out in the narthex. We're having a conversation, drinking our cup of coffee. And sure enough, we look over at AJ and he's in his underwear. He's, he's taking the pants off. And he's running around the church, and it was like he was not going to be defeated. And and AJ, perhaps I don't know. I don't know that they keep these kind of stats. It's a little like Pete's bubble wrap, you know. It's it's that I don't think it's really a stat. But but AJ perhaps is the only child in the history of Minnetonka High School who never wore anything but sweats to school every single day. I'm not, like not even jeans. He had no pants with buttons on him. Right? His, in fact, he read, the, he read the lessons in church one Sunday during high school, and he had, on, he had on his matching Minnetonka baseball sweats, which he thought, I mean, they're matching, Dad. I mean, I, I went above and beyond, right? So, And I thought, well, he's here, and he's reading, and that's good. Well, A.J., about seven or eight years ago, seven or eight years ago, when his cousin Aaron and Matt were getting married, we were getting ready for the wedding. And, you know, we did. by that point, we, with four kids, I mean, over t- you wear down, and you're really lowering the standards on attire. <laughs> I mean, you're bringing them way down. If the fourth kid has anything on, you're happy. <laughs> but we're getting ready for the wedding, and so it was kind of like, okay, guys, you, shirts and pants have to have buttons on them. That was kind of like, that was it, right? So... <laughs> And so I'm I'm walking past the kids' bathroom in the upstairs, and I look in and AJ's face in the mirror, right? He's got he's got jeans on, but the only problem was that in the back of the jeans there was a hole. You know how they used to wear with a butt like hanging out, and there's the you could see his boxers. Like the hole was that big, right? (laughs) You know, so I'm I'm am well, thinking, no, what do I got, dad? What do you got to do? Like, was this a moment, do you fight this moment? You, you know, and I said I said, you know, AJ, I said I, I appreciate that your pants have buttons on them. <laughs> but could we upgrade just to like perhaps the one that the pants that that don't have holes. Just like no holes in the pants for just this it's it's your it's your cousin's wedding. And AJ just turns around and he just harrumphs at me. And he says, when I get married, everybody's wearing sweats. <laughs> Joe, I need my photo. All right? When I get married, everybody's wearing sweats. And, and by now, I have enough fatherly wisdom to have no response. Right? <laughs> I'm good now. Like, I can... Right in the middle is A.J. Nobody wore sweats. <laughs> because he met Emily, right? Along came Emily. And suddenly, sweats didn't matter anymore. He learned how to accommodate this one, this companion that God set before him. This one who was a stranger at some point. And he showed hospitality. Hospitality. This angel from God, a messenger to him. And then he asked me if I would do his wedding, their wedding. If I would preach at it and lead the service and marry them. And I said, sure. I've always wondered exactly what my role should be in situations like that. Because I always want them to think of me first as dad. But I said, sure. And then I read, I used this passage from the second chapter of Genesis. And now that I'm a grandpa, I need these (laughs) right on. Genesis 2. And then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper as his partner. So out of the ground the Lord God formed every animal of the field, every bird of the air, brought them to the man to see what he would call them, Whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to the cattle, to the birds of the air, to every animal of the field. But for the man, there was not found a helper as his partner. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and he slept. And then he took one of the ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. This one shall be called woman, for out of the man this one was taken. And this is a passage that pastors have come to kind of avoid in the whole marriage ceremony because it's been overused and even misused in its understanding. So I want to help you with that a little bit because I think it's all about the power of companionship of side-by-side relationships this is the first place in the scriptures that something is not good up until now everything's been good God created the order of the universe, put the stars in the sky and the birds in the air, the fish in the sea, the animals, all the creatures creeping things along the ground, the plants, the trees, everything that was needed for humankind to live within it. It was all good. And God created humankind in God's own image. And at the end of that, God said not only good, but very good. This is the first time we hear that something in creation is not good. And it's not good, what? That we should be alone. So, God created companions, side by sides. And the word that God uses there, that we've interpreted as helper, is Azer, E Z E R in the Hebrew. And what Azer really means is powerful assistance. It's used 21 times in the Old Testament. And 18 of those times, Azer is a reference to God, who is powerful assistance to those God intends. Two times it's used for Eve, and one it's used for a nation being powerful assistance to another nation. It is a godly word. So much so that Moses named one of his sons Eli Azar, right? God is powerful assistance. Not because God was doing Moses' laundry, but because God was freeing the Israelites from their slavery through Moses. Powerful assistance. So I looked at AJ and Emily. And I said, you are to be powerful assistants to each other. There's a line that we use in the baseball world. There's a lot of language in the baseball world uh, that I love. And it's kind of unique to Between the Lines. And the people that are out there know what all these different things mean. But my favorite baseball language is this one. When someone makes a mistake, and baseball's full of mistakes, we know that. It's all about the times we get out and the errors we make. And when someone strikes out, whatever one shouts out to the next hitter is, pick them up. When someone makes an error on defense, people shout out to the pitcher and the rest of the defenders, pick them up. What I said to A.J. and Emily that day is that this one that you stand beside will fall down, and you, as God intends, are to be Azer, powerful assistants to pick each other up. And that's not only reserved for the husband and wife relationship, that's for all of us as servants of Jesus Christ to be there as powerful assistants to those who come to us, who fall down beside us to pick them up. In the last five years of my parents' life, my father declined, 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 declined. I watched him lose one ability, one faculty after another. And I watched my mom pick him up. I know what God's talking about when God says, Azer, powerful assistance side by side companions who are willing to do whatever it takes to help the other out May 14, 1981 do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers for in doing so, some have entertained angels without knowing it. I want you to return to your small groups and spend some time talking about that companionship, that azer, that powerful assistance that has been there to pick you Thanks for listening. Go ahead and chat.